0: Luke chapter 15, and we're going to begin reading verse 11 and following in just a moment. Irma Bombeck, in her usual humorous way, says this about fathers. When I was a kid, a father was like a light in the refrigerator. Everybody's house had one, but no one really knew what either did when the door was shut. And so... uh, love Irma Bombeck and her writings. Then if you, if you look in the dictionary, someone has noticed this. The word father appears just before the word fatigued and just after the word fathead. So to all you fatigued fathead fathers, happy Father's Day. I would love recognize all of our fathers today if you would stand so we can recognize you this morning and give give us the honor that we deserve right (laughs) men you better enjoy that because that may be all you get today okay my daughter abby looked at me just about five minutes ago and she said dad are you going to say what you always say about Father's Day? And I said, "What, honey?" And she said, "That mothers always get more than fathers." You know the joke. You know how that goes. And I said, "I'm going to say something like that, So just hold on, uh, Dad's Happy Father's Day. We appreciate all that you do." I, I, I perhaps I read this quote this week, and it really stuck with me. Doug Flutie, the NFL quarterback from years ago has an autistic son who can't speak severely handicapped and Doug once said this he said I would give up all my successes on the ball field if I could just hear my son look at me and say dad if he could just say the one word if he could just say dad I want that to sink in for a little bit this morning. Now, to us dads, when we hear that, even to this day, I still, I get pretty excited about that. I love to hear that word. It's an honor to be a dad. Amen, dads? Sometimes it's scary, but it's also very humbling With what our children teach us no matter how old or young they are they always teach us something right there's just something about it when we hear that word dad Glenn I appreciate your prayer this morning thinking about dads and thinking about our Heavenly Father because a lot of times we use our own fathers as a guide on what we believe God is like. When we think of the picture of our own father, a lot of times that's the picture that we have about our heavenly father from Scripture. And as I say on every special day, I don't know what your dad was like, dads. I don't know if it was a good relationship or just kind of there or if it was a great relationship, I don't know. But I do know this. We have a Heavenly Father who loves us so much. We have a Father who not only loves us, but He has breathed life into us. He's given us life. He's blessed us with life. And He's there for us every day. And so, if today is a great day for you, that's wonderful. If today is a difficult day, my prayer's with you. And I mean that from my heart. I don't know what it's like to not have a great father because I have a father who I love a lot. Can't be with him much on Father's Day because he preaches like I do. So once I became a preacher, The time that I was able to spend with my dad is just calling him on Father's Day and talking to him. Don't get to see him much. But you know what? That's kind of selfish in a way because he lives close and I get to see him a lot. Hugged him by last night about 10.30 as they made their way back to Texarkana. So I'm blessed. But I think about different scriptures about father's in the last few weeks, in my mind, I was praying and I was thinking, you know, which one will I preach on today? And it didn't take me long to think, you know, we need to go to the one that's really one of my favorites in Luke 15, because it gives us a great picture of of an earthly father, and at the same time, it gives us a beautiful picture of what our heavenly father is like, and we need to be reminded of both, and so. I want you to look in Luke 15. It's a parable of the lost sheep, of a lost coin, and a lost son. All three stories illustrate to us how something was lost, but at the same time, a search took place with each one, and it was found and at the end of all three of these, what takes place is a celebration. And so when you read in Luke 15, you can't help but realize not throwing a party and not having a celebration when something is lost and then is found is not an option. You celebrate. You have a party. And as I started thinking about that, I'm reminded of the fact that I'm not sure we really celebrate enough. We have so much to celebrate about the Christian life, don't we? We have so much to celebrate about the the fact that God was willing to give up. He was willing to say to his son, I need you to go to the cross Because at this point, I need you to think about the whole world. So he did that. And he was willing to to let go and to give up his only son so that not just you and I, but the whole world could have life. That's a good, good father, isn't it? That is a good, good father that's willing to let go of his son so that the world could have hope. And so join with me, if you would, beginning in verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give, and I want you to underline that word give, for a moment and I want you to think about that give me my share of the estate so he divided the property between them not long after that the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living and after he had spent everything there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need and so he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, was he, was he raised that way? Of course not. He was raised in a totally opposite way. But at this point in his life, he was selfish. All he was thinking about was himself, and so. He goes off into that wild country, and he goes off on his own, only to realize, verse 17, that when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And instead of an attitude that we, took, that we saw earlier in the story in chapter 12, instead of saying, give me my share of the estate, notice what he says. Make me like one of your hired servants. Or your hired men. Give, give me verses make me like one of your hired men big difference give me give me give me versus very humble state of mind make me like one of yours and so he got up and he went to his father and while he's still a long way off his father saw him was filled with compassion for him and he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him and the son said father i have sinned against heaven and against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father instead of going on a tyrant instead of saying all these things instead of setting him down and saying all these things about, well, you, you know, you didn't learn much, or you should have done this, or you should have done that. What does he say? Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf and kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found, and they began To celebrate well meanwhile the older son standing off in the background witnessing all of this how does he take that now let's be selfish for a minute let's let the human side of us kick in for a moment Boy, the older son he is ticked off isn't he I mean he can't take this because from his perspective how can you do that dad I mean, I have been here, I have sacrificed, I have done everything that you have asked me to do and more. I haven't given you any trouble, I haven't left, I haven't asked for my inheritance, I haven't done any of that, and yet, here you are with my brother, and you do what? You welcome him home? And not only that, but you kind of meet him halfway and you throw your arms open and you hug him and you kiss him? Really? Really. You see, the father did, and the father goes beyond all of our imagination, and he does what we would say is the impossible. He went against all odds and what an example he set. He loved the boy and he welcomed him home. The brother becomes so angry in verse 28 and his father went out and pleaded with him but he answered his father look all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, and yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. You know what I love about that? The father just allows the boy to get it all out. He just allows the boy to talk and to get out how he truly feels. He listens to him and he says, my son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. You know, when you look at that story, can't you just picture the father looking down the road? And can't you just imagine him probably doing that every day, wondering to himself, when will he come home? Will he come home? Will he come to his senses? Will he wake up and realize how blessed he is? he's been or will he stay away a lot of families have asked that question about children and grandchildren some may still be asking it wow what a story a story that still rings true many people but a story that helps us see we have a father who is always waiting for us we have a father who never gives up I mean here's a dad that had values that he passed on to his boy And in those values, one recognized it really well, one didn't quite get it like the other one. Reminds me of the scripture in Isaiah 38, verse 19, where it says, Fathers, tell their children about your faithfulness. Fathers, do you hear that? one of our roles in passing values on to our kids is to tell them about the faithfulness of God. You know, dads, at the end of the day, what really matters is not really how much we do with our children. That's important. But what have we told them? What do we talk to them about? Do our children and do your grandchildren recognize those values that you have from God and do they see that you're trying to instill that in them? Do they recognize that? In the story, obviously one boy got it a little quicker than the other, but he still came to his senses, doesn't he? And what I love about this, all this time while the father is waiting for the boy, he's there sacrificing, he's there interceding for his boys, he's praying. My question is, if we don't pray for our family men, who will? Who will? And not only that, when the prodigal came home, his father was watching for him, and I think the son begins to realize that his dad had been interceding in prayer for that boy to come home. So I wonder this morning, do your kids know that you're praying for them? It's one thing to say, son, I'm praying for you, or honey, I'm praying for you. It's another thing to pray with them. Here's a dad who did that. And here's a dad who's able to look at the older son and help him realize, you know, I'm not asking you to understand why this is happening. And by the way, did the father love the boys any differently not at all he loved them equally now there were days where the older son probably thought you know and especially when the younger one comes home and they have a party for him man he's probably thinking boy, he loves him a whole lot more than me no he doesn't no he doesn't he loves them the same Does he respond differently to them? Absolutely. Do you respond differently to your children today? Oh, yes. Some are easier to respond to than others, right? But you still love them. And even when they do some crazy, silly, stupid things, and you want to think, I'm done, this is it, don't say that. You don't really mean that. Has God ever walked away from us? Has God ever said, I'm done. I'm done with this child because of what he just did or what he just said or what she just did or what she just said. We don't serve a God like that, do we? We serve a God who welcomes us home no matter what. Now, does he expect us to live according to his will? Absolutely and when we go off in our far, far and distant countries like we see in this passage, there's a price to be paid for that. But when we come to our senses and when we come home, what we begin to realize is we have a father that is there waiting to welcome us with loving arms. And last time I checked, he expects us as his children to treat each other, and to love people the same way. Yes, even your family. So here's a dad who's praying for his boys, interceding with them. What a difference it makes. We live in a tough world. We live in a world where it is very hard on Christian values and Christian morals. And so when we see our kids and our grandkids and we see each other stand up for what is right and doing the right thing, we need to celebrate that, don't we? And all too often, you know what I see? It's the wicked and it's those that are that are really doing evil things that are shouting it out loud, and it's Christians who are just kind of sitting by the wayside and letting it happen. Folks, we got to wake up And when something good takes place, we need to celebrate it. And we need to say that. And we need to love each other a whole lot more. And we need to love God even more than that. Amen? Do we hear that? Do we understand that? And again, if we don't do that, who will? Fathers, don't put it off for somebody else. Be the man. And be there for your kids. And love them. And pray for them. And life will be great. And what a blessing that will be. I did a funeral Friday for Don Carroll's childhood friend didn't know that until I showed up and saw Don and we started visiting about it I guess what really touched me Don about that service at the end of my message I invited one of the sons to come up and to share some things about his dad it took all that son could do took all he had for him to even get it out about how much he loved his father and what he meant to him and I told Jimmy later I said man that, that touched me and I, I didn't really know their relationship but it was good but that touched me to hear and to witness a son saying those things about his father who he loved And we were talking later that day Man, wouldn't you just like to have one more conversation? Wouldn't you just like to have five more minutes to say something? Yes, we would. This week marked the 16th year that my grandfather passed away, my dad's dad. We called him Big Daddy, great man. I loved him so much. He was the hero of our family. And a few years, about two years before my grandfather died, my dad, he and my dad, spent the day walking at our farm over in Arkansas, just walking the woods and talking. And after that day, my dad went home and he wrote, about that day a little story called the seasons of life i want to share that with us this morning because i reread it again this week just for memory's sake and for the sake of passing something on that we have of great value to our family and he, he wrote this he said, my dad tells the story of the little country boy who was asked by his teacher, how many seasons are there? And the boy replied, four, and then he quickly named them squirrel season, duck season, deer season, and quail season. If you knew my big daddy, you knew he loved he loved those four seasons of life. My dad goes on to say, dad and I have enjoyed some of these seasons together over the years. We've also shared seasons of joy and seasons of sorrow Seasons of happiness and seasons of sadness. We've shared the season of new life and the season of death. And on many occasions in ministry and family, we have experienced seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Every season has added a new chapter to life. He says, Life is a series of seasons. As one grows older, the seasons of life seem to quickly pass. In youth, the seasons seem to be slow. In time, however, the seasons come and go at a much faster pace. And on my 51st birthday, when my dad wrote this, he said he and his father spent the afternoon walking along the creek bank and through the woods of their Arkansas farm, a special time. Our family roots have flowed through that little creek bottom for over a century, going back to my grandparents and great-grandparents. As we walked, we talked about life and death, Dad's steps faltered occasionally due to his age and health. And he offered a helping hand from time to time. And as they said in the sunset shadows, my dad commented that he was beginning the second half of his life. And dad thoughtfully replied, I'm starting the last quarter of my life. And both of us were rather brash to assume we would see the century mark. Dad, you've taught me much about life. You've been with me in childhood, young adulthood, and manhood. And in each instance, you have gone ahead to blaze the trail. Your steps have been clear and distinct. Not once have you led me astray. And for that, I'm deeply grateful. In all likelihood, you will cross the creek ahead of me. I thank you for being brave at the crossing. I thank you for being instant in season and out of season. And I thank you for helping me to better understand the seasons of life less than a year later my granddad passed away i say that to us this morning dads to remind us the time is now the season is now to love your family to love your children and to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just keep it to self, but pass that on from one generation to the next. I've been blessed in my life to witness my father and my father-in-law In my two granddads and Carrie Ann's two granddads, I've witnessed those six men love God and love their family. And along the road, they had a great time doing it. And I hope and pray I will never take that for granted. And I challenge you Just like we read this morning in Luke 15. From a personal standpoint and in your personal walk with God. We have a father, a heavenly father. Who's there. And he welcomes us home. No matter what. No matter what season of life it may be. No matter what you've done. He's there to say welcome home. Now, one day, we will hear these words, I hope, well done, good and faithful servant. And I don't say that I hope as I doubt my salvation or I doubt heaven, because I don't doubt that one minute. I just pray that I hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you? Think about your own walk this morning. Think about the blessings that you have and praise God that you serve a Heavenly Father who loves you even more than this much. If there's anything that we can do for you this morning, pray for you, maybe some's ready to put Christ on in baptism, whatever the case may be, Your loving Heavenly Father stands ready to meet you. Won't you come as we stand?